Kiggab, episode 119 for Monday, June 12th, 2017. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Gig Gab, the working musicians podcast that is the podcast by, for, and about working musicians here in Durham, New Hampshire, back in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Las Gatas, California, it's Paul Kent. How goes it today, Mr. Kent? It goes pretty good, man. How are you doing? You've been traveling and, you know, gigging and stuff like that. Yeah, it's been a little I'm, nuts. I'm chill. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait to be chill. Like after tonight, I, I, I'm mostly chill for a while, which is kind of good. Um, I got you did that thing where you walked off a plane and got to get in gig mode pretty quickly, right? Yeah, I chose not, you know, I didn't get much sleep on Wednesday night. Um, I got back from actually seeing you at like 11 o'clock, maybe, maybe 1030, whatever it was. And, uh, had to be in an Uber at 4 a.m. to get to the airport in time to, to make my flight home. And that, I mean, that's enough time for me to sleep. That would have been like five hours of sleep or whatever. But, um, you know, my sleep was not restful. I was like, I kept waking up worried that I was going to miss my, my alarm or, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah. Yeah. That, that, and that's always the problem with those early morning flights is, is that kind of thing, at least for me. So uh, when I landed, my flight was, was actually quite blissful. But um, I had the middle seat next to me empty, which was which was really nice uh, tip for travelers out there. I was flying on United and no, they didn't try to drag me off the plane. So that was good. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I I had a really crappy seat because I booked this trip really late and it was like I had an aisle, but it was two rows in front of the bathroom or something. I'm like, oh, crap. So I woke, when I woke up at like three thirty or four or whatever, I checked and I was able to move a couple of rows up. Uh, I prefer to be on the left side of the aisle with my right arm in the aisle. I know it's weird to have a preference, but it's just how it is. Uh, and that seat was on the, on the, on the, on the right side of the aisle with my left arm, but it was like further up and not, you know, where everybody's going to congregate for the bathroom. So I thought, okay, that's probably better. And so I took that and then literally waiting in line to board the flight. I looked again and there was an aisle seat open. I don't know, three or four rows in front of that. That had uh, that was on the, the the proper side of the plane for me, and had nobody in the middle next to it, and so I was like, "Oh, dude!" So I took it, and I I was like hitting refresh as fast as I could to get my boarding pass to update. <laughs> huh. um, but uh, but there's a tip for travelers, at least on United, man, you can change your seats right up until you you literally you know scan to board the plane. So um, so that cool. that then paid off. But yeah, once I landed, I was like, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to regret not doing this gig. There's going to be things about it that I miss because it's an outdoor gig and it was supposed to be a nice night and it would have been a fun acoustic thing. But, um, but it was the right move not to, I think I would have, I think I would have overdone it and then been really, really shot for, um, for the uptown gig this past weekend. So, so I think it was the right move. And plus I get to see my family. Well, that's you know? cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So bonus bonus. But yeah, bonus. But then, well, then cool. Saturday night, I played my first real gig with Uptown Celebration. Not that last week at the Boston Library wasn't real, uh, but that was, as I said to the guys, that was uh, enjoyable survival. And uh, and this weekend was actually fun. We you know we got to load in. We were at a more normal pace 
in terms of getting everything going, the, the load in and load out was actually, it was cake. And, uh, and it, and our, our, uh, female singer Kelly was there last week and we had a sub for her. So even that was a little bit, you know, off kilter. Um, and I mean, it went fine. It was just, you know, not what would be normal. And we got to actually sit and eat dinner together as opposed to having to kind of eat in shifts and all this crazy stuff. So turned out to be a great gig and, and, uh, had a lot of fun playing. So there's, there's so, hope. Yeah. You told me that, that, that the band prepared you, that this was a really fun gig. The yeah. first one was work, Yes, you know, as, but, but this one, you know, actually was kind of one of those gigs that, uh, a little more casually, the band could relax a little bit, yep. the overall vibe of it. You, so you had this expectation going in that this was supposed to be like your real first gig to get a feel for what it's like with these new guys to get, to get a feel for what it's like. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, so there's, nope. there's, there's, there's a lot of hope for this band. We definitely, uh, there's, there's more things right than there are. I don't want to say wrong, but, but things that need polish and, and harmonies are something that we really need to work on. Uh, but, but that's, you know, that's a really tough thing to just expect to happen sort of by osmosis, especially two gigs in with adding a new singer to the mix, uh, and taking and this one band out. won't rehearse anymore, right? We will probably rehearse once or twice. We don't have any gigs in July. And my guess is we won't get any. Um, the Everybody in the band is kind of, really, in fact, really busy in, in July. So my guess is there won't be anything put on the schedule. And we've got, I think, a couple, maybe three or four gigs in August. So I think we'll wind up putting a rehearsal or two on the schedule in July. And uh, and really the thing we need to work on is is that. And just, you know, just integrating the the i mean we're they're replacing a vocalist you know with with someone else and so it just it can't be automatic it would be nice if it could but you know yeah. it's just not vocal rehearsals are the things the house rockers get the absolute most quantum leaps yeah of progress with i mean and we we go through periods where we do a lot of them yeah and um you know it's 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 hard to do do that course you have to be really good to course correct harmonies at gigs yeah. And I'm, I, to be fair, I'm pretty good, but it's not it, it, it's not any one person. It's all of us learning sort of not just not just how to sing with each other, but the capabilities of each other. I mean, we just yeah. we don't know each other as singers yet. And that that's where it's like, OK, you know, we're going to make it through this and it's going to be fine. But man, we and that's the thing is we all know it can be better. And so I'm looking forward to rehearsing, you know, vocals and, and, and polishing that up. Cause that, yeah. to me, that's what, that's, that's one of the things. It's not the only thing, but that's one of the things that can really, you know, set a band above. And, and so, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I hear this all the time. I mean, um, you know, vocals are the things that the average person hears, right? Right. You know, they don't know a great guitar solo from a, from a, from an average guitar solo often. Um, and, uh, you know, they know what they feel, but the average music participant, the average audience member, vocals is what they identify with. And so, you know, that work seems to come back in spades. Now, when, now tell me what you think a vocal rehearsal does. I mean, is it little things like where do we all take a breath and there's a tonality thing there, there's a pitch thing there. Like, do you run vocal rehearsals? Have you ever done them in the past? Oh, yeah. And we do them all the time with Fling. Uh, now it's just sort of integrated into what we do because it's it's so automatic for us. But, you know, we've been singing together for 10 years and, and intentionally singing together for probably nine and a half of those, right? Right. So, so yeah, vocals are, are just, they are a first-class citizen 
when Fling is rehearsing or learning new songs or whatever. Um, and so I know I have to sort of temper my expectations with this band because I don't know where on the scale of priorities vocals are going to actually be. I hear what everyone says, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can't walk in expecting that even in two years, it's going to be as good as, as the vocals in Fling, right? There are better singers in this band than, than any of us in Fling. Uh, Kelly and Marty are both like killer singers. But right. that doesn't necessarily mean that as a whole, we've got this beautiful mix that can uh, that can produce great harmonies. Uh, Does everybody sing? Sort of. Yes. On and off. Everybody has a mic. Everybody except Gary, except the, the uh, guitar player slash band leader. He does not have a mic and he does not sing. Um, got it. Yeah. But um, so I don't I don't even know. Like, I don't know how these guys rehearse vocals. Right. Like what they're it's like that first vocal rehearsal is going to be a very interesting learning experience for for I think certainly for me and perhaps all of us, because I know how I would do it. But, you know, we've got it's it's not really just up to me. I mean, it's up to all of us as to how we we learn to work together in that regard. So, well, that's interesting because someone in the House Rockers made the suggestion that we need to have a group listen to a recorded show. And provide feedback. And I have a lot of uh, perspectives, emotions, thoughts about that. I, I don't know. Do you do that with your bands? Does Fling do that? Do you guys sit together and actually listen to a, a, a show end to end? Yeah, watching tape like uh, like sports teams do. No, we we have not. Um, individuals and me among them, and perhaps all of us at times, have listened back to shows and then come in and said, "Hey, let's let's work on this." Uh, and, and in a sense, I, I feel like, I guess if you were going to listen back all at once, it should be after one person listens to the whole thing and so, can sort of coach and run that rehearsal because otherwise you've got however many people are, there are in the band. If you've got five people in the band, you're going to have 10 opinions about every single sure. issue that you hear. And, and that's just, that's very, that the potential for it being unproductive is is huge. Right. So I would think if you want to use that, if one person comes in and says, I have uh, something that I'd like to polish or, or perhaps even a problem that I'd like to solve, let me explain the problem. Now, let me show you an example of the problem. Now let's fix it. Right. And the show you an example is the snippet of the live show. But I think until you again, you know, may, maybe now in Fling, we could listen back to it and and sort of all be in the same place. But we all have our roles that that are very mostly defined. So you may you might only get three opinions for yeah. any problem as opposed to 10. Yeah. Well, again, you know, those are dicey things because, again, personalities like do right. you have someone in your band who, you know, is more likely to dominate that conversation is the leader going to moderate it effectively. Cause you know, yeah. this is, this is, it can be, can be a sensitive thing. Like you've told me that fling, you guys have channels of communication where you can pretty much say anything to anyone. And you know, everyone knows where that's coming from. Yep. And you know, you know, the dynamic of your flings five piece. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, 10 piece again, it could be a little bit weird. There's some guys who are like, you know, masochistic and some guys are sadistic about it. You know, that, you know, they need to, you know, let someone know that I've heard you do something. Yeah. I, I kind of, my thought is everybody who's playing, you know, the mistakes you make, right? 
Well, that um, that's the thing. Yes, you do. That's right. And then the, the connection theory. part of that is, well, in theory. And then if someone hears someone else do something consistently, you know, and it's and it's either wrong or or you just want to understand the thinking about it. That's that sounds like a productive thing. Like I've heard you do this in many gigs. Right. Did you know that might not be the note? Or, you know, are you making that choice for some reason? Because, again, yeah. you know, I think this is where it is. You know, does your band, does Fling tell people what to play? I mean, are you holding up the covers to the letter of the law? <coughs> or is um, is there a, a variance of perception as to the letter of the law? So, you know, do are some people more involved with getting it specifically right? you know, more invested in saying, no, the part has to be exactly on the record. And like, do you have that conversation? Um, Does everybody agree what, what constitutes a cover? We, it depends on who's brought the song in and who cares the most about it. Um, there, it definitely, when Burke brings a song in our bass player, uh, it, he has a vision in mind about what this can sound like. And for the most part, I'd say maybe 80% of the time, his vision is very much in sync with what fling would do naturally. Right. So it's entirely, it's entirely likely that as he's choosing these songs, he's thinking about, okay, this, this, we would do justice. We we would do this justice the way I hear it in my head or the way I hear it on the tape. But there are 20% of the songs that he brings in. And and some of these songs that have become like staples of a fling live show that I never would have added because I'd think, oh man, this song's like, nobody's going to know this. It's not going to go over well. And it just winds up, we kill it and it's great. Um, you know, he, he's brought these in. And so we actually give him a lot of rope on, on that. We all do. Mm. We're like, Hey, whatever he suggests, even if in the backs of our minds, we're thinking, <laughs> yeah, no way, man. Um, we just <laughs> sort of go with it because it, because it works, you know, he's got a good track record, um, but his track record isn't flawless and, and I wouldn't expect it to be. And so there are those 20% where it becomes uh, frustrating for all involved because it's clear we're not delivering on what he hears in his head. And we're at, at some level we're we're going to we're just going to deliver what what we as a band as fling deliver. And and so you're not ever going to like we're never going to play the Grateful Dead and sound like the Grateful Dead's performance of that song in, you know, June of 71 or whatever that was, yeah. you, you know, yeah. but that's sometimes that's what will happen. And it's like, OK, you know what? We just this song means a lot to you. There's no reason for us to go out there and and in your eyes ruin it every night. So let's just not play it. It's fine. Right. And then that's OK. You know, and we just we learn. It's fine. Yeah. So pointing out to someone else, you know, what you're doing, I think that it's fair grounds to ask somebody, are you making that choice, mm-hmm. you know, on purpose? And, you know, are you aware that, you know, that choice has this implication um, that that's kind of cool. But I kind of think going straight through. You know, it seems like a risky thing to me. I would, you know, just I would yeah. not want to. I, I would do it with fling, but only because we have so much trust for each other. But if somebody wanted to do that with with Uptown Celebration for this, I, I mean, if it was like this is how we do it, I'd go in. But I'd also be like farming out my resume because I'd know that 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 is most likely going to just kill the, the, any any potential that we have for for getting chemistry along. Yeah, yeah for chemistry yeah yeah. yeah yeah i mean we get along but yeah for that chemistry i mean it may it might work it, you know but that's like 
it's it's a binary outcome in my mind when you go into a scenario like that, right? <laughs> bad in, bad out. <laughs> it's there's no well, I mean, it's either going to be great at the end, you know, you, everybody's going to sweat and cry, and 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 then we're all the better for it, or everybody's going to sweat and cry, and it's over, <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, this is the thing: everybody is making a lot of decisions on every song for a variety of reasons. Yeah, from. This is the way that I like it. This is the way it feels comfortable to play. This is the way it sounds good to me. Um, I I have put in as much work as I'm going to put in on this song, right? I mean, there's, right, there's right, a wide right. range of yep. reasons why, you know, you get the outcome you have. And the, you know, the outcome is the outcome. I mean, that's the thing. And so, um, yeah, it just seems, I agree with you. That seems like a challenge conversation unless it's very, very, very tightly moderated and fairly good ground rules for the conversation right. established front yeah. I, I would think i i but, um, totally agree with you man and and it's you know anybody that's listened for more than three weeks knows that this is one of those scenarios where you and i might potentially disagree entirely not even a little bit <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm with you that's it's dicey uh really dicey yeah i it wouldn't be a smart move for yeah. for this band uh at for uptown at this stage i think you know, because we don't we don't we have no idea what we're doing in some of those regards. And, and we're doing fine. Everybody on stage is a professional. Everybody listens. But it's listening to figure out how we're doing this together. And we're still figuring out how to lock in groups together. And that actually yeah. really started to happen Saturday night, especially second set, which is sort of what I knew it needed. We needed to like get to a gig, set up, play and then whew, take a breath. Hey, sure. that went okay. How long was the gig? Uh, it was two. We played two sets. So, uh, oh, and one set of cocktail music, which was actually fun. Most of the band played that all together. Mm. I just played with brushes or whatever. I mean, and cocktail music is just anything we want to play, just much yeah. lower volume. So, I mean, we were playing some jazz standards, but we were also playing like, you know, Bad Fingers No Matter What. And we played uh, Steely Dan's Pretzel Logic at, at Cocktail Hour. And it's fun. fun. Yeah. But that also helps. Right. Because it just loosens everybody up. We play whatever it's we want. Yeah, it's, it's just, just playing. Yeah. There's no like the crowd's not really watching. So it's actually kind of a nice almost sound check ish kind of thing where we just get to have fun. And, and it's for us as long as we're not too loud. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, I got a bunch of kind of interesting things that have come across this week. So one is contracts. Oh. So I have a contract when someone asks me for a contract. Many of the places we play issue a contract. And uh, I, I came across a situation where um, a band is getting banged on because there was something in their contract that they didn't quite pay attention to. Um, a lot of places around here will put in um, – you know, please don't play the week before or the week after, you know, 20 miles around our gig. You know, we want you to we want you to be part huh. of the draw for our gig. So huh. so that's it. And, it, you know, it's a it's a contractual clause like everything else. Right. You're right. Right. It's and negotiable if you want it to be right. Yep. If you want it to be right. Right. So, you know, if you want us bad enough, I can't promise that if you don't want us, you know, you know, if that's if that's a no go. But yeah. the issue is. These that, let's just take that type of a clause in in particular. Sure. Now my thought my thought is it's a contract. You put your name on it. You've agreed to it. You're accountable for it. Totally. But I do know that you know many musicians, especially semi professional musicians, without management, and you know they're just happy to get the gig and they kind of sign it when they they check to make sure that the dollar amount is right, the day and the and the time is right. But a lot of the 
a lot of the minutia, um, right. you know, kind of escapes them. Right. If you would consider this minutia. But, you know, what well, do you think? Well, that's, that's the thing about contracts I've learned is that nothing is minutia. It's only minutia to potentially both parties, but perhaps minutia to only one, because this might seem like, oh, who cares? You know, whatever. Oh, 20 miles. Oh, OK. Right. You know, They'll never check. They'll never check or they don't really care. You know, whatever. And then you've got somebody on the other side of the table saying, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, that. That's I really important I didn't put it in us. there for no reason. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I assume I always treat contracts as the extension and the solidification of a conversation. Right. So we, we have this. And I mean, obviously, you've got some boilerplate contracts and things like that. But but generally it's OK. You know, we've talked. We're going to do this gig at that place for this amount of money or however the you know, whatever, however it's all going to work. Great. Sure. Now. That we've agreed to this, let's put it down in paper so that if we ever have any questions, we can just look back at that and we know the thing that we've agreed to, right? I mean, that's yep. that's what any contract should be. Now, yeah. sometimes people aren't paying attention, though, and the contract becomes the start of the conversation and sometimes isn't even a conversation. It's just like sign here, look at the date, look at the money, and the rest is irrelevant. That's yep. bad business. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And and this situation is creating a little bit of consternation. We talk a lot about on this show, we talk a lot about having your act together. And I think, you know, part of running your business is, is meeting all of your obligations. You know, even though you're, you know, the music is the fun part. If you, once you put your name on something, you're pretty accountable to it. And yeah. so I think it's reasonable, you know, I will usually defend bands as far as I can and defend musicians, but I think, you know, this is to me a fairly black and white thing. You yeah. know, you, you sign something, you're, you basically agree to it and you gotta, you gotta be accountable to it. I, so yeah, that's part of having your act together and being businesslike. And, you know, if it creates hardship and, you know, someone doesn't want to book you because, you know, which is you know, certainly a, a reasonable perspective for the booking side of this contract to take is like, you know, that was important to us. You, you ignoring it basically is saying you're ignoring me and, uh, you know, not cool. Not cool. Yeah. Not cool. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Another interesting thing. Give me, give me your best, your pet peeves. So I'll, and I'll lead with this. Here's yeah. my biggest pet peeve, it, it, and it's wearing on me more and more. I hate if someone in a band is supposed to start a song, whether I'm watching a band or it's my own band, it makes me bananas when when someone has to look around at the band and say, are you ready? The band should always be ready. Yeah. So when I hear that on mic or even subtly off mic, it, it uh, just kind of reeks of, of amateurism that and, and that might be overly harsh, but it's now a pet peeve for me. You have any of those? Um, yes, of course. We've met. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, that one, that one can, certainly can be one of mine. It, it's one, it's one that I'm, I've been very sensitive to with these uptown gigs because I know Gary uh, as the band leader. In fact, before I ever even auditioned. He told me, he's like, I look to the drummer to, to make sure the show keeps flowing. So it's on you, it, you know, that that if a song doesn't start, it's your fault. Uh, but that's wonderful, right? That that is like that's direction. That's totally. empowerment. Right. You own it. Yeah, right? Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's actually not quite that 
uh, that much of a dictatorship. Uh, like th- we've had moments on stage where he's like, well, well hang on, you know, I got to figure out what's going on here. Maybe we're going to adjust the set list on the fly. So it's like, it's cool, but, but I get it. Like once, if there's no, if there's no obvious delay from someone that, that ranks higher than me, which is, you know, most everyone, but by and large, the singers are, you know, the focal point of the show. So frontmen, front yeah, exactly. Otherwise I just start going and, uh, and I'm getting a feel for when that's when my instinct is wrong on that with this band. You know, I'll start a tune and somebody will look at me like, no, not yet. I'm like, OK, you know, <laughs> like, all right, fine. But um, that's one of them. The other is um, not remembering. Like if we go through something in rehearsal and we decide this is going to be four times through or whatever, uh, it, it drives me crazy when we get to the gig and that discussion is forgotten um mm. that that's so just one of my pet time to or something yep everybody's agreed and uh, a guy forgets yep. or or loses his place or something like that yeah it's not even the losing the place it's just the like if somebody and and to me it's it's usually pretty obvious when it's like oh crap i know we're only supposed to go four times and somebody's looking around like Oh, have we gone two or three? You you know, that is fine. To me, that's actually fine. But not knowing that we were going to go four times, um, that's what drives me crazy. And I'm, you know, I am, I am not immune to this, by the way, you know, (laughs) but, but that drives me nuts when we've had the conversation and, um, you know, somebody's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I remember us talking about that. Like, no, 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 no. Like, this is. Yeah, because that's not the kind of thing you need to rehearse. The conversation about form only needs to happen once. And I guess that's where it comes from. Like, you know, you might need to rehearse a party. You might flub a a lick or whatever, because, you know, we're all I mean, we all have the capabilities that we have and we try to improve them. But sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, you drop a stick or drop a pick or string breaks, whatever, you know, physical mistakes are different than mental mistakes. Totally. But, but not knowing the form of the song like that, really that conversation only ever has to happen once. And if you can remember it, awesome. And if you can't write it down, yeah, write it down or ask or whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. And it's not awful to show up at the gig and say, Hey, uh, that thing we were doing in that song, uh, how many times through is it? Like to me, that's, that's okay. I mean, it's, it'd be better if you didn't have to ask the question, but we all have to ask sometimes. And so just, again, being thoughtful about that stuff um, and not getting lost at the gig or, or well, not showing up lost. Is, yeah. 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 Here's a tactic. If you're that guy who doesn't have a good memory and I don't have a good memory, mm-hmm. right. Um, but, but my compensation for this is I know the guys in my band who do the guys, you know, like Strom in my band, yep. tell them something once it's done. Right. Yep. If I know I'm getting into a place where I thought, remember we had that conversation where as soon as you say, I got this, you're, 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 you don't got it. You right? don't got it. Yeah, that's right. Or when you assume it'll click in at a gig is like the biggest sin, right? Oh, it's tough. No. <laughs> right. Well, then you know, I you're listening know. to it in the car. You're like, oh, that's so obvious. Perfect. Right. Yeah. But in the moment you had a zillion other things that just right. occupy. Yeah. Right. It's flushed out. Yeah. So Steve, if you tell him something once it's done. I, I will turn around and focus on him and let him, you know, drive, drive us home type of thing. Right. So, yeah. you know, and every man has that guy. There's, you know, there's guys who have a lot of things going on. They mean well when they say I've got this, but you know, it, it doesn't lock in, you know, until it locks in. But every man has a guy who, 
you know, is the is the details guy. Yep. And learning to focus on that guy, and uh, and and most of the time, if you're that guy, you know, you're that guy. Yeah. And you, know, you conduct a little bit. Yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. It's weird for me. You know, the last few weeks, I've played with so many different things. Really, the last month and a half, I've had so much music in and out of my head that. Um, I, and I'm normally that guy that just remembers, you know, there's like never an issue. We discuss it once, I, you know, maybe even play it once. And it's like, okay, now I'm, I'm done like that. I don't, I'll never have to think about it again. Uh, that has not been the case, uh, the last month and a half. You know, I had the, I had bitter pill to do again, which had some changes, uh, from what I knew in the past. I had, um, the first date, that musical, then I had, uh, the, 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 school musical with into the woods. And then I've had some fling gigs, which are actually pretty easy because all that stuff's in my head. And I've had gigs with uptown celebration. So learning uh, a lot of new songs for me, but even new arrangements of songs I knew, which is arguably harder. Uh, But, uh, and then tonight I'm filling in with a friend's band at, uh, at, at, uh, down at Hampton beach. It's weird for a Monday night gig, but, um, they do gigs almost every day of the summer down there. There's got this big outdoor like clamshell thing right on the beach where everybody comes and it should be a blast, but there's no way I could have like remembered all the changes in these tunes that these guys are playing. I mean, they're playing songs that I know, but not really like songs like radar love and highway star, things like that. They've got turnarounds in them that are not in what I would consider normal spots. They make sense when I hear them on the radio. They do not make sense when I'm playing them, you know, in terms of it just comes out of my hand. So, so I've just been charting stuff like a fool, but now I've, I've worked out a, I mean, I've got a system, man. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, I take the lyrics, you know, I don't need chords, right? So there's nothing online that I could just go and grab and print and have what I need. I need to know where the turnarounds, the hits, the breaks are, And so I create a two column page for every song with the lyrics on one side and my cues to myself on the other. And I can generally go through, you know, an hour's worth of music in about 90 minutes and be completely finished charting it and able to go and just play the gig. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. And I can put tempos in there if I want, If you know, in some songs it's important where if, I, if I'm starting it and I really don't have a frame of reference, um, I use an app called Fourscore that I think I mentioned last week. And that's got a metronome in it if I want. And I can just have it start with whatever tempo I've programmed in. So it's good. It's, but it, it's the only way I could do this gig tonight and not, you know, be completely freaked out right now that it's going to be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. That's how I avoid my Um, pet peeves. Well, that's good. Avoid them because they'll make you old before your time. Here's the last one I have for you. Yeah. So we've had interesting conversations about the playing in multiple bands, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, just had one. That's right. Yeah. 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 So how do you feel? So you play in multiple bands or you have played in multiple bands and someone comes up and says, I really like your drumming. I want to book you. Yeah. Um, that happens often. Um, and I have to balance, I stop and think, I mean, just today I was asked to do, oh, there was a madhouse gig in, in that last month of craziness too, that I had to chart out. Um, I knew I was missing one. I just was contacted by the madhouse guys and we do, we have another gig in, in June, which will be all different songs. Um, and then they said, but then there's these three days in a row in July that we're doing a festival or something. 
And it's like, okay, you know, the first thing I look at is, am I going to be around for that? Okay. Yes. And do I want to take the time away? Am I available? Right. Do I have other gigs already booked with other bands? Do I want to take myself off the calendar for gigs with other bands? And depending on how close that is, that might or might not be an issue. And do I want to take the time away from my family and what kind of prep time is going to be required for me to to do this gig? And, And how is that going to impact my life? So, I mean, that's sort of the big question is how is this going to impact my life balanced with what do I feel like I'm going to get out of this? And and one of those questions is, you know, you say no too many times to to someone and too many might be once given the person. Right. Uh, and they won't call you again. And that might be OK. But, uh, you know, the other is, I mean, obviously, there's financial rewards for playing gigs, at least most of the time there should be. And then the other is, you know, is this going to are these musicians going to be fun to play with? Am I going to have you know, is it going to be a disaster? Like, you know, what are what are the questions? Right. You know, how easy is this gig going to be? How much fun? And uh, and so those are the questions that go through my head as, you know, as Dave, the drummer. Um. I don't know well, if that answers your question. No, no, no. Though. You're answering a different question. So, yeah. So there's a venue that um, someone someone I know plays with three different groups at this venue. Okay. So the venue comes up and says, "Hey, uh, we have some more open dates. What right. is the right to do? You know." Do you say so? So you enter into this and you're playing it with three different groups. Do you give it to the first group that got you into this venue? Do you give it to the group that's playing when they ask the question? Um, you know, I've I've only had to deal with that really once. And it's because I don't book a lot of the gigs for the bands I'm in. Uh, yeah. And so but I did. There's this. Well, how place, would you feel as a bandmate? Um, yeah, it, it's I, I don't know that I've ever actually been in that scenario as a bandmate, but I might've been, it's possible. Um, but when I'm, you know, with this, with this pizza place, I I was playing there with fling acoustic and monkey fist acoustic. And I, I, I had become the point of contact for both bands. Uh, it really didn't start that way, but it, but that's, you know, the, the owner of the player, the, yeah, is the owner of the place just knew me and he's like, Hey, okay, can you get me a band? You know, either one is fine. But I, I actually put it back on him because he asked me, you know, once he's like, all right, I need to book, you know, dates for the summer. What, um, you know, what do you have available? And I said to him, which band do you prefer? You know, like you called me. So you obviously got one of the two. Do you care if you don't? then we'll work out what dates you have that match my schedule. And then I'll, I'll split them up between whoever can do them. And, and I'll, I'll make sure I have a band for you there that night. And yeah. that band will contain me. Right. But, but otherwise you don't know. And, and you you just got to trust me. Or is there one of the two or some hybrid of it that you feel like is better for your room? And as soon as I asked him that question, he said, well, monkey fist is actually a much better fit here. And I said, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I huh. think I think that's right, you know, but but, you know, my perspective is is only my perspective. You're out there. You're talking to the patrons. You know, you have a different perspective. You see what other bands do, what fits. And he's like, yeah, no, it's it's my preference would be Monkey Fist. And I said, OK, fine. Like, I mean, no problem. In fact, way easier for me because now it's not on my shoulders. So, yeah. Yeah. So your answer um, was a customer focused 
answer, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the first band that worked at this room, yep, and you're not playing in other bands, you can you un- so this all goes back to that premise that it's a risky thing if you play in multiple groups, right? Might be good for you, might be necessary for you if you're trying to put food on your table. Sure. But it can cause consternation in, in un, different and unexpected ways. This would be one of them, right? It, so, yeah, this this isn't the only one, but yeah, it causes all kinds of consternation. Yeah, I mean yeah. your availability, so I can you know put an A team on the on the you know the uh, the team that the yeah. that my audience expects to see. That would certainly be one of them. Right. But the doling out of gigs and you know the the following up of opportunities that's a dicey one and it's a, and it's a challenging one. I, I I don't know. You know, you've put yourself in this situation, so you don't get a lot of you don't get a lot of sympathy, right? You've you know, no. decided like who needs to play the same venue with three different groups, right? Right, right. And it can also be a liability for all of those groups because it might be, well, I don't want to have, you know, Dave here three weekends in a row. I'd be fine having the other guys here, but I don't want my patrons to just think, you know, this guy's the only one they're ever going to see here, right? Yeah. And, and that can be a huge liability too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So I remember I in Austin, the- there was a guitar player, um, this guy, David Grissom, that great guitar player and played with anybody and everybody that uh, that would have him. And I mean, he was stellar, one of the best guitar players in Austin at the time. And that's saying something, you know, given that town is just full of musicians. But I remember uh, him saying at one point, he's like, yeah, you know, I I, I can't play that guy. I said, oh, are you going to be playing with so-and-so this weekend? He's like, no, I can't. I, I just played that club last weekend, and the owner was like, you know, no, I, I want something different in here. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yep. 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 So sure. just kind of, you know, nothing big happened to me in the last week, but these these three things, you know, how to handle this contract issue um, is something I heard about, you know, an issue with people playing in multiple bands and then, you know, just reflecting on this pet peeve. I just kind of been, you know, I'm, I'm about to start this Thursday. It all hits, you know, I, I've got, you know, 15 gigs, but by by the end of the month, I have about 19 gigs in, in July, something similar in August. I mean, it's all starting. I'm just kind of just trying to ease into a nice place where I can, you know, be focused, enjoy playing the music, not have it feel like a job, you know, just, and so, Isolating the stuff that distracts you has been the thing that's been on my mind lately. That's the key, man. I've I've been um, very cautious about that myself, the isolating the distractions. I mean, you know, I've um, like this gig I'm doing tonight. I'm happy to do for my friends. But, you know, they said, well, you you know, if you've got time, you could join our band. Like, I would love to, but I can't do that right now. And so, you know, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You got to isolate the distractions. I'm I'm with you. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Well, folks, I think that wraps up another GigGab. I think that's how we're going to do it. Find us at uh, GigGabPodcast.com. Our uh, our discussion group on Facebook at GigGabPodcast.com slash Facebook is a great place for all of us to chat. Always be performing, Paul. You too, Dave. Thanks, man. Have a good week. Thanks.